the college football show on the Coach T podcast presented by Turner Sports Training, TST. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Hey, you know what time it is. Yeah. You know what time it is. You are watching a master at work. <laughs> Some people are probably like, what time is it? You know what time it is. Showtime. And we are back again on the Coach T College Football Show with my boy Mook. Um, I may sound a little ecky, ecky. I may sound a little ecky o today. Um, I don't even know how, if that's how you say it, but I definitely have a little echo. Um, fans out there, you have to excuse me. I have, uh, like I've been mentioning the last few shows, been moving the last week or so to our new place. I actually left my microphone at the old spot. So now I have my AirPods in. I'm in my my wife's uh, new office, and uh, it's very spacious. But at the same time, it doesn't really help when you're trying to do a, a podcast. So uh, you're definitely gonna hear a little bit of echo, but hopefully you can forgive us for that, and you understand that we're still gonna bring a great show. So again, this is the Coach T College Football Show with Mook. And Mook, I will ask for the fans out there, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just uh, another busy day in the. Uh... The life of a, a, a father of two uh, firecrackers and uh, and a football coach. So yeah, <laughs> doing well. Yeah. So, so talk about your team. I I know Sunday you guys had your team's first game at the Brickyard, the Hobart Football Stadium. How did that go? It, it went really well. Is uh, we beat Lowell thirty-four nothing. They had uh, they had a couple of uh, linemen on there that. Uh, one was about uh, he was he was at least six two and had to be at least 240, 245. Yeah, he had a beard. My ninety pound kid had to block him all day. So. Yeah. yeah, I think <laughs> I read that post. And he, did, and, he, and he fought hard. He did a good job. So <laughs> good, good. He, yeah. Hey, he yeah. left it all on the field. That's all That's you can it. ask for. That's I know you're it. a proud papa. Yeah, it was it was good. They they battled they battled a much bigger team and. You know, it's it's one of those things. You, you you know that you're the faster team. You know, you just got to flank them. You know, you can't yep. beat them up the middle. And then uh, and that's what we did. So yeah, one one thing you learn at that age, no matter how big they are, if they cannot catch you, that's right. <laughs> no competition there. So yeah, that's good. right. Does that wrap up your season? No, we got uh, we got a couple more weeks, and then mm-hmm. uh, we then we head into the uh, into the playoffs. Uh, so we'll be uh, the real we'll be, season. We'll be. Yeah, we'll be going yeah. uh, here real soon in, the, in that part. All right, good. I, I'm sure a lot of fans um, are probably rooting for your team more than you probably know. I'm definitely rooting for your team. I actually need to come check a game out. I wasn't able to do it this weekend. Crazy busy, as you would imagine. But soon yeah. enough, I'll be there to uh, to support the young fellas. Awesome, man. Can't wait. All right, well, let's get going. Uh, we'll begin with our week five best of. This is powered by the Coach T NFL show with Kyle and Hicks, which airs weekly on the TST network. And you can listen weekly on any of your favorite podcast platforms. For the new fans out there, we'll review the game of the week, the team of the week, the play of the week, the player of the week, coaching of the week, and the best fill in the blank of the week. I will begin. I'll begin with the best game of the week. Um, I actually have a few of them, um, and I themed this upset themed. So there were a lot of upsets in week in week five. Um, sure. So beginning with probably the best game of mine, 
Um, or the best upset, in my opinion, was Kentucky's upset win over number 10, Florida. I called this game last week. I always say Kentucky somehow wins some type of upset, especially early in the season. This was the one this year. They beat number 10, Florida. Um, and, and surprisingly here, I want you to hear this, fans. Kentucky actually won this game, although they had less passing yards, less rushing yards, less first downs. They had uh, a lower third down percentage, and they had a lower completion percentage in Florida, and they still won the game. Um, and we'll talk about one of the major plays there that really swung that game. Um, another upset win that I, that I really enjoyed was Stanford's upset win over number three, Oregon. And I thought this was pretty crazy too. With a minute 51 left in the fourth quarter, and they were down 24 to 17, Stanford had a, hear this, a 0.1% chance to win that game at that time. And lo and behold, they ended up winning that game and actually won in overtime. Um, so I love crazy stats like that. When a team seemingly has, you know, the probabilities are never in their favor and somehow, some way they win the game. And Stanford did that. And then um, a little less known upset, but, but Nevada, they had an upset win over Boise State at the Smurf turf. So Mook, what was the best game that you saw from week five? Well, all those games that you mentioned were right there. That, the Florida and Kentucky game was very odd. The way that, you know, that whole thing went down and kind of transpired for the for the Kentucky win. But I actually went with uh, Wake Forest 37-34 win over Louisville to stay undefeated. Um, I don't really give much love to the, the Demon Deacons, you know, and, and I'm still kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall with them. But I tell you what, they're they uh, they're a scrappy team, and they and they just kind of hung it out in uh, hung in there. And there's the back and forth game, and uh, their uh, their kicker Nick Skiba, I want to say his name is, he uh, he hits a 30 yard field goal uh, to to win the game to you know a walk off. So hey man, you're 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 five and zero right now. If you're Wake Forest, you know you only need one more win, and and you're going bowling, and you're ranked. So. And that's where we're at right now is for a lot of teams right now. They're that one game away from going bowling, you know, so it's getting already to that point of the year. Yes, it's definitely getting to that point of the year. I'm looking at my Indiana Hoosiers who have they have seven games left and they're at two wins. And I'm looking at it. They probably have a clear, of course, in this situation you're talking about, they need six wins to become bowl eligible. Out of those seven games they play remaining, they have Michigan State this week. They have Ohio State and they have Michigan. I don't see them winning any of those games. And then that leaves Minnesota, Rutgers, uh, Maryland, and Purdue. So really, they have four games that are must-wins for them to even have a chance to become bowl eligible. And I'm sure that's, that's just one of the teams around America where their whole goal was to make a bowl game. And this really is like nut cutting time when it comes to, you know, really knocking off those wins, the, the necessary wins you need to actually go bowling, as you mentioned. And, you know, a team like Wake Forest that I don't know what their goals were um, beforehand, before the season, but now they're ranked, they're 5-0. and They can easily go 6-0 and this week and, you know, they become bowl eligible Then everything else is, is uh, gravy on top of that. So I'm happy for teams like that. Absolutely. Speaking of teams, the best teams that I saw in week five, there were two of them. Number one, the Georgia Bulldogs. I, I'm sure that that team impressed a lot of people this past weekend. They simply handled business in a shutout win over then number eight, Arkansas. And honestly, they look unstoppable. 
And then the second team that I had that, that, that had the best performance to me and was the best team in week five was Iowa. You know, so many thought that Maryland would be able to give Iowa a good fight, which includes me. Um, but Iowa showed why they and were me. top five and you, right? I feel like all of America thought the same thing. And Iowa showed why they are a top five team. They beat Maryland 51 to 14. And literally from the first five minutes within that game, Maryland had no shot. It was clearly over from the start. But we'll go to the best play that I saw from week five. I have a few of these as well. I mean, I feel like with all these categories, there are so many things you can hit on. There's so many great games, so many great players, so many great coaches, um, and definitely so many great plays. The best, and I actually broke this down by offense and defense. The best offensive plays that I saw, the first one was Bo Nix, his yes. scrambling touchdown pass versus LSU. And I, and I actually timed this move. It, yeah. this, this play happened in the second quarter with five minutes and eight seconds left, where Bo Nix takes a snap, he runs to the right, makes three or four guys miss. He runs to the left, makes a couple of more guys miss. He ducks out of another tackle. He throws a strike to his tight end, Tyler Crom. Touchdown. Again, that play started with five minutes and eight seconds left in the second quarter. That play ran a total of 15 seconds. By the time the snap of the ball happened to the time it hit Tyler Crom's hand, the tight end recipient, it was four, four minutes and 53 seconds left on the clock. So 15 seconds. Um, had run off at that point in time. So imagine the quarterback scrambling for 10, 12, 13 of those seconds. It's that crazy of a play. Please go check it out if you haven't. Um, some of the other best offensive plays that I had, and this is this is what I think the one-hand catch segment. This is where we had a bunch of one-hand crazy acrobatic catches. The first I'll start with was Ole Miss's Braylon Sanders. He had a one-hand sideline catch versus Alabama. Again, it was a matrix type of catch. I can't even explain it. I feel like my words wouldn't even do it justice. You gotta YouTube that as well. Um, Boise State, speaking of Boise State, their receiver, who I absolutely, absolutely love, I feel like he's an NFL receiver, Khalil Shakur, he had an insane yeah. one-hand TD yeah. catch over two defenders, yes. Two defenders um, in the game against Nevada. And then Temple, they have a receiver and another receiver, Jaden Blues, he had a twisting one-hand, one-yard touchdown catch against Memphis. And then probably, probably, not even probably, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, the number one one-handed catch this past weekend was Washington State's Calvin Jackson Jr. He had a 540 degrees, yes, 540 degrees one-handed catch against California. Please, for the, for the sake of me, please go YouTube that play of Calvin Jackson Jr.'s one-handed TD catch against California. It is an absolute beauty. And then on, on the defensive side, I hit on this game. This was a play that turned the game for Kentucky. They returned a block, field goal, 76 yards for a score against Florida. And if you, you talk about college atmospheres, that stadium, that venue went absolutely nuts when that play happened. So I was happy for Kentucky. They made that play. And again, they didn't lead in any stats in that game. But when you, when you, when you get a uh, special teams touchdown, you get a turnover here, turnover there. That can change the game, and it definitely did it for, for Kentucky. So those are the best plays I saw from week five. Mook, what about you? Yeah, I, I mean, the best plays, you hit on so many of them. And and I thought, sure, you are going to go with one of those uh, wide receiver catches because there were so many. in the. Of course. And it feels like every week, like, somebody's out doing someone with it. You know, it's crazy. But um, I actually wrote down the uh, – the Bo Nix play too. I mean, the way that he scrambled all the way to the right. I mean, he was nearly to the numbers, and then, you know, reverse field left, slipped off a couple tackles, darn near 
got to the point where he's stepping out of bounds and 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 fired a dime to you know his uh, tight end coming from the backside, you know, um, into the I was end zone. Tired just, I was tired just looking at it, move. Yeah, just yeah, watching him run around amazing. for fifteen seconds. I was tired. It, it was it was amazing, and I think especially when you get a guy like Bo Nix who is kind of been embattled in that spot and he made a couple really big plays in that game you know um they, they he's been benched and they've, they've they've kind of not committed to him kind of going back and forth but that play and then you know just a gutsy run that he got in the end zone in the uh in the beginning of the third quarter to kind of get you know auburn back you know and that one too he had a great that was, that yeah that was a great comeback win that could have easily been the game of the week yeah for sure that that was right up there um, what was the best team? I, you know, I took the Bearcats, uh, uh, Cincinnati. Just it was the biggest game of their program history. You know, arguably, I mean, I, I think that or biggest win, I should say. I think you know, they've, I don't, I, they've been to some, you know, pretty decent bowls and whatnot. But that's probably their biggest win. Yeah. You know, going to mm-hmm. kind of solidifying, mm-hmm. you know, their ranking. And and you know, I, I don't think that um, schedule wise, there's. <laughs> As long as they keep that foot on the on the pedal, I I don't see any reason that that they can't you know run the table. I mean, their and their defense is really tough, a lot better than I think I you know realized it was. And and, and you know and, and Desmond Ritter's just he's he's nails. I mean, another three hundred yard game, two ninety seven, I think it was two touchdowns, and he didn't turn the ball over. So uh, they were down. my best team of the week. Mm-hmm. Well, you speak of you speak of uh, Desmond Ritter, and I, I look at the best "quote unquote" players of the week, and I say "quote unquote" because I have Michigan's defense versus Wisconsin as the best "quote unquote" player of Week Five. They forced three turnovers. They only gave up forty-seven percent completion percentage, only twenty-one percent third-down conversions allowed. Um, they limited Wisconsin to forty-three total rushing yards. This is Wisconsin we're talking about, a known rushing team. They, limit, they limited Wisconsin 43 total rushing yards for an average of 1.3 yards per rush. And it was absolutely a dominant performance. And uh, I definitely want to shout out their DN, Aiden Hutchinson. I want to shout out their, their defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. I think he's a relatively younger coach. He's definitely, yeah, I'd be surprised if he, if, you know, if he's there for a couple of years if they keep playing like this. I think he's going to be a head coach pretty soon. Also, shout out to their safeties coach, Ron Bellamy, who's the former state champion head coach of, the, of my West Bloomfield High School. I want to shout out their defensive staff. I want to shout out their players. I talked about Aiden Hutchinson. He is an absolute monster. I think he's like 6'6", 250. Um, I think he's going to be a, you know, a lot, I guess not lottery in the NFL, but he's going to be a, a first round pick for sure. I would say probably top 10, top 15. And if, if Michigan's defense continues to play like they've been playing and they can run the ball like they've been running, Watch out, Ohio State, because that's going to be a really good matchup. And that just shows you the strength of teams within the Big Ten, which I know we're going to hit on later because it feels like there are five top ten teams within the Big Ten. Um, what was your best player of Week Five, or who was your best okay. player of Week Five? Okay, so so this is this is funny that you did that with the Michigan defense because I was totally going to cop out, and I and I I literally wrote down my best player is the Iowa defense. You should have copped out. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with copping out. I, yeah, I totally copped out on that. I'm like, oh, T.O. have somebody, but I'm just taking the Iowa defense. Um, they've been causing turnovers all year long, mm-hmm. but five picks off of baby mm-hmm. Tua plus a fumble recovery. You know, now they're the number three team in the land. I don't know that I'm 
totally on board with that. But defensively, you can't deny what they're doing with that. And uh, and they just had such an amazing game against Maryland that really just, I mean, there was never any doubt in that one. And it wasn't even close. And that Hawkeye defense is, it, they're, they're animals. I mean, it's they're going to take a they're going to big game this week. Um, we'll, we'll see who has better defense in that one overall. But uh, this week, my best player was the Iowa defense. There you go. There you have it. Hey, great minds think alike. I guess they really do. And you know what? Honestly, <laughs> and honestly, defenses they don't they don't get enough credit anyways. So right. to me, I like showing. I like in today today's day and age, especially in the with the offensive minded game. It feels like, you know, especially in college, you know, spread that over-under numbers are 70, 80 points. Think about the Ole Miss-Alabama game. You know, the right. over-under is 80 points. So when you get a defense that can, that can actually lock down, will smack somebody in the mouth, they'll fly around. I mean, you got to give them credit. So shout out to both of those defenses, man. You know, defense is alive and well. And obviously, great coaching helps with great defenses and great teams. And my best coaching of week five, I got a couple of them. Again, I'm really copping out because I'm just laying it all out here. I got a couple coaches. I'll start with Mel Tucker of MSU. They're a legit contender for the Big Ten title. Kenneth Walker Jr., he's up there for the Heisman right now. Easily, if he keeps this going. They're running back. Uh, Kirby Smart talked about Georgia, um, how dominant they were. They had a shutout uh, versus Arkansas, 38-0. And I also want to shout out their defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning. Another young guy, a young uh, defensive genius that... You know, he's under the wing of Kirby Smart, who's, who's well known for his defensive tactics. Dan Lanning, he is he is an up and coming defensive coordinator as well. I think he'll soon be a head coach. And I got to shout him out, him and Kirby Smart, because they did what they had to do in a 38-0 shutout. Uh, I want to shout out Herm Edwards. He was definitely up there for coach of the week for me. Um, Arizona State upset over number 22 or then number 22 UCLA. We say this every week, but Pac-12 after dark is real. Now Arizona State is at the top of the Pac-12 South. And again, prime position to contend for the Pac-12. Um, and then lastly, one of my coaches of the week, uh, I always screw up his last name. I'm sure a lot of people do. Navy's head coach, Ken, you can help me here. Ken Niamatalo? Ish, yeah. <laughs> it's something like I that. Can't it right, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's Coach Ken. Right. I'm gonna call him Coach Ken for Navy. Yeah. Um, they were down, yeah, they were down 30 to 17 to begin the fourth quarter. Then they storm, they storm ahead. They score 17 unanswered points to stun then 10 point favorite Central Florida. Um, I don't know what's up with Central Florida. I mean, I, I think Taylor Gabriel is still their quarterback. He's still doing what he has to do, but they seemingly cannot score points like they normally have. They're turning the ball over. And, I mean, you again, you have a 13-point double-digit lead going into the fourth, and you squander that. Yeah, I think I think he's out. I think that's one of their biggest problems. Ah, okay, out. yeah, that makes my yeah, he, he is injured, I believe. But still, I mean, the type of offense that Navy runs to, to come back in that fashion, yeah, I mean, you got to yeah, And that's what I was thinking, that. too. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. I'm like, how are they coming back 17 unanswered? Like you would think, you you know, UCF. I could see them giving up some points, but sure. they should turn right back around and be able to score. But I don't. Again, yeah. that that's great coaching. Obviously, Navy did something on the defensive side to really slow them down in the fourth quarter. So again, those four coaches for me, it's a cop out. But yes, those four coaches are my coaches of the week. What about you, Mook? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to look at Mark Stoops. I think you got to look at uh, Kirby Smart uh, for sure. 
I, I kind of just went along with my theme of the best team um, because I felt like the, you know, Luke Fickle didn't let the game get too big for uh, for Cincinnati, and uh, just the way he seems to have a, a fiery yet calming presence on the uh, on the sidelines for them, and and I think it's going to wind up getting him a, a pretty good job here after this great year that Cincinnati's going to have. So uh, yeah, so I, I went with overall. I went with Luke Fickle. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Um, all right. So lastly, our this is our best fill in the blank for the best of. And uh, last week I did uniforms. This week I'm gonna do college pettiness. Yes, pettiness, because we got some petty teams out there. Um, two, two things that happen post game. So Stanford, of course, has the big upset win over the Oregon Ducks. Under Underline the word Ducks. Um, and Nike has this big quote unquote got em ad, G-O-T-E-M, got em ad. And Stanford tweeted after the game a meme. They cross out the got him and they put in, they put over got him, they put plucked him. So they plucked the Oregon Ducks following the upset win over, over Oregon and they tweeted that out. I thought that was hilarious. And then Cincinnati had something similar where post game, they thanked Notre Dame and their, well, we all know their former head coach, Brian Kelly. Um, they said, quote unquote, just grateful for this opportunity. Thank you at coach Brian Kelly. This is a reference to when Coach Kelly said earlier in the week last week that teams should quote unquote be grateful and thankful for the opportunity to play Notre Dame in South Bend. <laughs> so Cincinnati definitely got that done. So I love this, just the pettiness of these college teams, these college programs. And a lot of a lot of those programs got their Twitter fingers going, and uh, you know they, they 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 make things fun in college football, which it should be. So what's your yeah. best fill in the blank for Week Five, Mook? Uh, and, and Stanford's always, they've always had something, you know. They're so um, smart, right? And, they can always yeah, come up with something. And, yeah, like, I mean, like, their band is, like, the most notorious band in the country. And, like, I, I feel like, I don't remember exactly what the deal was. Probably, like, 15 years ago or so, maybe it's longer than that. Like, they, like, did some reenactment of, like, the Irish potato famine or something when they were playing Notre Dame. They all got suspended. I mean, they're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they well, always, well, sorry to cut you off, but that reminds me, I was actually going to add another one for, for Stanford, where, of course, they were playing Oregon, one of their, well, their in-state rival for Oregon is Oregon State, and Stanford's band at halftime, they were performing their theme song, but on the big, on the big uh, drum for, I guess, their drummer, it said, Go Beavers. So this is Stanford's band, and they have across, across their drum, their big drum, it says Go Beavers. And again, yeah. another petty move um, to kind of spite Oregon. So I, I'm, yeah. I agree with you on that. Stanford is very forward thinking. Again, this is Stanford. So you're not too surprised yeah. by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, um, my fill in the blank kind of, it comes from that game as well. And it's the, the biggest game changing uh, play of the week. And and that was, I think, the, uh, the targeting call on. Uh, Kevon uh, Thibodeau uh, get ejected, keeping it alive for uh, Tanner McKee to even push that game to overtime before you know the the Cardinal ended up winning it in overtime in a, in a wild one. That you know, I mean, we talk about it. Nobody wants to play at Stanford, you know, and and we, it's just another one, another team in the uh, the Pac-12 bites. One bites the dust. Yeah, and and now we look at this. Now, who is the number one team right now in the Pac-12 North? It's the it's the Oregon State Beavers. 
Yeah, is the number one team. Mm-hmm. Who, who has not lost to Purdue on the year? So I mean, yeah, go figure. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, that, that coach, I cannot, I cannot think of his name. He's a younger coach for Oregon State, but he was. I looked at him quickly. I quickly glossed over and considered him for coach of the week, um, just because he's, you know, he has that team atop the, the Pac-12 North. All right, our next segment will go through our power rankings. We do this every week. Special shout out to our Hobart Boys soccer team. They actually won their first NCC conference title in school history. So congrats to you boys. Shout out there. Normally we do a top five. I kind of cheated here and I added a top 10. Um, So just for reference, Coach T's top five of last week. Number five was Arkansas, number four was Oklahoma, number three was Oregon, number two was Alabama, number one was Georgia. Clearly, Arkansas and Oregon, that did not pan out well. Uh, This week, my top 10, again, I'm giving you 10 instead of five. I'm gonna start from 10 going down. My number 10 team, Michigan State. Talked about them, they are actually the AP number 11. They're a slot ahead for me, they, they come in at number 10. Number nine, we just talked about them, although they did lose, they're still a tough team. They still are gonna you know, be in consideration you know, towards the end of the year for the Pac-12 title, and that is Oregon. Number eight for me is Michigan, go blue. Number seven are the Ohio State Buckeyes. Number six, Oklahoma Sooners. Number five, Iowa Hawkeyes. Number four, Cincinnati. Number three is Penn State for me. Number two is Alabama. And that leaves Georgia as my number one team. So some surprises there are some teams that are, you know, newly cemented within my top five slash top 10. We talked about Michigan State. I mean, they're just on the uprise. I think Mel Tucker is a wonderful coach. Uh, Michigan, who was just two weeks ago, they weren't even ranked. And now they're in AP, you know, top 10 at number nine. They're number eight for me because I, again, I I think their defense is, is that good and their run game is that good. And I know college football is all about points and high scoring and crazy plays, but especially in the Big Ten, if you can run the ball and you can play defense, you have a wonderful chance to win that conference. Ohio State, they're Ohio State. Oklahoma, I'm a little fishy on what's happening What's happening with uh, Spencer Rattler. Like, I feel like their offense is, they had a little bit of a, of a better performance last week against K-State, but even that game, towards the end, the score looked a little closer than what maybe, maybe it should have been, but it should not have been that close, in my opinion. Iowa is number five for me. They're AP number three. I actually have them two spots back. I just I just think if I have the number three team, I'd rather put Penn State there as opposed to Iowa. Cincinnati, they move up, of course. We know what they did. And then at the top, it's been the top like that for the last three weeks. Alabama number two and Georgia number one. Honorable mentions quickly. BYU, who is now 5-0. I, I will note with BYU, the tough part about what's happening with them, I, it's kind of like what I hinted to last week with Arkansas. For BYU, yes, they are 5-0, but their schedule only gets tougher moving forward. They play Boise State this week, then they play at Baylor, then they play at Washington State. Now, Washington State, Baylor, Boise State may not be great, but I mean, those three games back-to-back-to-back weeks, that looks like an upset at some point in time. And then a team that I've, I've been on since since week one, Oklahoma State. They're also 5-0 right now in the last two weeks. They beat two top 25 teams. And then now, you know, they're safe in that spot because lo and behold, they have a bye week this week. So they'll be safe. 
<laughs> it seems like it's better to have a bye week during during this time of year than than anything else. So, Mook, who are your top teams in your power rankings? All right. So, a couple of these are going to be a little bit kind of funny because you know, I have I have one situation where a team beat another team, but they're below them, but I think it's sometimes it's where you're at in the season. But yeah, no, I can no, number it. ten. I yeah, I don't know how long they'll stay there, but I got the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, you can't really deny what they've done thus far, and I don't think there's a whole lot of separation between them and many teams down, you know, below them. So they're playing good football right now. I'm gonna give it to them, number ten. Uh, number nine is Michigan. Uh, Michigan running the ball like crazy. The defense has looked really good. Um, it just it's it's a it's a kind of a repeating theme with many teams in the in the Big Ten that you know run the ball, play good defense, you know, and and kind of have a game managing quarterback, and and that's kind of where they're at, I think, right now. So they got them at nine, eight. And I know it's lower than most people have it, but I'm not sold on their quarterback at all, and I don't think their offense is all that great. And that's the Iowa Hawkeyes, even though I'm in love with their defense. I mean. They're they're outstanding. They got some things to prove to me, and it starts this week. So we're gonna really get a, a better picture of, of you know who Iowa really is. Um, seven, I I had them up a little bit higher. Excuse me, and uh, I had to drop them. Even you know I I even thought of keeping them as a you know top five six team, but. I, I don't know. I, I think that there are some teams that are playing a little bit better. I don't know if I want to say Oklahoma is playing better than them, but I do have Oklahoma one slot above them. Um, number five, man, I'm sorry, but I, I think that I think things are getting figured out. Columbus, and I think the Buckeyes are uh, they're, they're coming along offensively. They're going to be really tough to stop. Number four, Cincinnati, uh, and and I know with you know. <laughs> People in in Ohio State are probably scoffing at you know the thought of a Cincinnati team, you know, being ahead of them. But uh, you know, and right now what I'm seeing at Cincinnati is just a, a, an efficient, tough uh, team that that's well coached, doesn't make mistakes. You know. Yeah, and, and um, they've had the tougher schedule so far. Yeah. And they've and and they've been the more consistent, better team thus far. Absolutely. Absolutely. Penn State, number three, still a work in progress, but um, I, I think that defensively, they've been really good all year. Offensively, they're getting better. Sean Clifford's improving. So I think that, you know, it's tough to call them head and shoulders above a lot of them. And, and I could stop myself right here and, and say, if they had to expand a playoff to 12 and we just took out Alabama and Georgia, I think it'd be a blast to take the next 12 teams. Can, can, can we can we can we have that? I mean, NCAA. Yeah. Can we have that already? Seriously. Yeah. I Come mean, on, man. Come on. I, I do right now think that Georgia and Alabama are head and shoulders above everybody else. But man, I, I love college football, and and I would love to sort all this out. It's just a mess of no a bunch of good teams, you know. Mm -hmm. But I got no Georgia number two. But man, I. I, I could go one and one A really with this one, but I, I got Georgia too because Alabama is still the gold standard right now. So uh, I got Alabama as my number one. All right, so our next segment, we're going to do our week six pick the winner. OK, 
Okay, this is powered by the Legacy Indiana Football, host of the December Recruiting Showcase and Combine. All right, so new this week, I don't know why we haven't done this before, but fans, we do it for you, so we're going to provide you this. We're going to add in our game of the week, our upset of the week, our blowout game of the week, our highest scoring game of the week, and then our lowest scoring game of the week. Like always, we'll do the top 25 matchups. First top 25 team that will play, it will be Thursday, or this Thursday, October 7th at 7.30 p.m. on ESPNU, number 15, Coastal Carolina. They are 19 and a half point favorites visiting Arkansas State. 72 points is the over-under. Quick trends, as always. Coastal is 5-0 straight up in their last five games overall. They're also 5-0 straight up in their last five games on the road. Arkansas, however, is 7-2 against the spread in their last nine games at home. And Arkansas State is 8-3 straight up in their last 11 games at home. Mook, would you like to begin or would you like me to begin? Oh, no, I mean, for that game, it's it's real simple for me. It's Coastal Carolina by three scores easily. Yeah, easily. I'm, I'm right up the I'm right up the alley there. It is kind of weird that they're only a 19 and a half point favorite, but I think that's maybe the boys in, in the desert saying, "Hey, I mean, they're on the road. We can't make it look like anything too crazy. Maybe they kind of want to sway right. towards Arkansas State, but I'm I'm not rolling with that. I'm going Coastal Carolina all day. I agree with you by three scores. All right, Friday night we have Temple visiting the aforementioned number five Cincinnati Bearcats. Cincinnati, they are 29-point favorites. 53.5 is the over-under. Trends here, Temple is 5-0 against the spread in the last five games when they play Cincinnati. Temple is also 5-0 against the spread in the last five games on the road against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, however, is 24-1 straight up in the last 25 games at home. That is amazing. They're also 14-1 straight up in the last 15 games overall. This game is 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN on Friday. Mook, pick the winner. I, I got. I don't think there's any let down for Cincinnati now. I think they be their, their season in front of them, what, what their goals are. And, and, and let's face it, Temples is not a very good football team. So... Uh, I, I think it's it's a big 29 points sounds about right. Yeah, the winner is clearly going to be Cincinnati. I don't think there's any threat of an upset here. Um, I think that Cincinnati maybe, I don't know, man. I mean, with the, with the, with the veteran quarterback, with the coach in Fickle that, you know, I'm sure he has no disrespect to anyone at Cincinnati, but I'm sure he has greater aspirations personally as well as with this team. I don't think they let the foot off the, off the gas pedal. I think they beat Temple by... I mean, 35, 42 points. So I think they definitely cover that number, and there's no way they're losing at home. So knock on wood, but Cincinnati wins this easily. Next game, Friday night. It's another uh, ranked team playing. We have ooh, spooky, spooky, spooky Stanford playing at number 22, Arizona State. Arizona State, surprisingly, they are 11 and a half point favorites, and 51 and a half is the over under. Stanford is 6-1 straight up in their last seven games when playing Arizona State. Arizona State is 6-1 straight up in the last seven games at home. Um, and the total has gone under in six of Stanford's last seven games when they play Arizona State. So, Mook, pick the winner. Yeah, if this game is in, uh, at, at Stanford, I, I, I might be going Stanford. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. I love Herm and, and you know, He's got them believing that you play to win the game. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going with uh, with my with, the, with Sparky. 
Yes, go with Sparky. I love it. I love it. Just for that, I'm sold, man. To me, Stanford, Stanford got a huge upset win last week in Palo Alto. You mentioned, you always mention it, so I give you credit, Move. It's tough to play in Palo Alto. Luckily for uh, Arizona State and, and Sparky, this is this is in this is not in Palo Alto. So, with that being said, Arizona State they are six and one straight up in the last seven games at home. I don't think they lose this. Now it's tough with all these Pac-12 teams because again, every week you know you know some top teams gonna get knocked off. But I think with a coach like Herm Edwards, a veteran coach, been around the game, been an NFL coach, now is a now is a, a college coach that's. You know, to me, has made Arizona State very respectable, a, a very tough program. I think they follow suit. Herm explains to them that hey, we got to get this the job done. And I think for Stanford, they they got Arizona State's attention by beating uh, who do they by beating Oregon last week. So I think Arizona State at home gets the job done, and uh, I see why this number is 11 and a half. I think they cover that as well. All right, moving on to Saturday. Obviously, a lot of big games Saturday. The first ranked matchup we have is number 13, Arkansas, coming off of their loss to uh, number two, Georgia. They will play number 17, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, they are six and a half point favorites at home, and the over-under is set at 66 points. Arkansas is seven and one against the spread in the last eight games versus Mississippi. Mississippi is five and oh straight up in the last five games at home. Mississippi is also 4-1 straight up in the last five games overall, and the total has gone over in four of Arkansas's last five games on the road. Mook, pick the winner. So this is kind of like one of my co-game of the weeks on this one because I think this is a really big game to see what who's going to bounce back. I mean, you got uh, Arkansas that just, you know, they got throttled by, you know, number two, Georgia, and, and Ole Miss got the same treatment pretty much from Alabama, so... Uh, you know, they're both really good teams, and, and this is going to be huge um, as far as setting the tone for the rest of their year for both of them. I'm going to take um, in this one, I'm going to go with the Rebs. You know, uh, I think that maybe just the, the, the fact that they're in Oxford, that, you know, that, that's going to get them a pump. But I'm, I'm going to take uh, Ole Miss by a Tutty. Yeah, I'm taking Ole Miss as well. Um, Arkansas, at least early in the season, they're kind of known for uh, their defense. Not a lot of offense. They were they were a goose egg last week. Again, against Georgia, it's probably the best defense in the nation. But I think that really showed on the film kind of how you can slow down Arkansas. And then Ole Miss, even in a blowout loss to Alabama, they still put up a decent performance. And I think they were actually without one of their top receivers. Well, I don't know if he's playing in this game, but if he's back, I, honestly, I don't think there's any any match for Arkansas against Ole Miss in Mississippi. So I'm taking Ole Miss as well. I'm taking them to cover that number. To me, we mentioned last week, Arkansas, it was a good story. Great early early season story. They moved all the way up to the top 10, AP top 10, probably the first time since, uh, who did they have back in the day? Uh, Felix Jones and Darren McFadden. Yeah, yeah. Probably the last yeah, time they were top 10 right. at that point. And that, you know, time is ticking, man. I'm getting old, man. That, that's kind of, you know, it's maybe what, 10, 15 years ago, but uh, it's probably the first time they've been in the top 10 since then. I think they are going to start to fizzle out. We talked about their schedule last week. They just played Georgia. We're talking about Arkansas. They just played Georgia. Now they're going to play Ole Miss. They play Alabama coming up in a few weeks. 
it's going to be tough, man. Tough sledding. So definitely give me Ole Miss in this matchup. Next game, we have Vanderbilt visiting number 20, Florida coming off. Florida's coming off of their uh, loss or upset loss to, to, to Kentucky. Florida, they are 38 point favorites and the over under is set at 59 and a half. Florida is 5-0 straight up in the last five games when playing Vanderbilt. Florida is also 12-1 straight up in the last 13 games at home against Vandy. Vanderbilt is 5-1 against the spread in the last six games on the road, and the total has gone under in five of Vanderbilt's last six games on the road. Mook, pick the winner. All right. I mean, this is going to be uh, quickly for me on that. I think that the Gators bounce back. They're angry. I think they're going to... Uh, come up and, and get that win. And Vanderbilt's just not real good. Um, and that's just the, the truth of it. But I wanted to jump real quickly back to the Ole Miss one point just real fast. Yeah, yeah, go last week when we uh, when we picked the games, I, I said, you know, they could go anywhere from from being very tight to, to getting blown out kind of. And my my point was that Lane Kiffin would have to get the the gamble plays, the fourth and ones and mm. and whatnot to make it and and he didn't, but Nick Saban did. And that was the big difference that they couldn't get those plays when they needed them. But Alabama was able to get those, you know, those plays that, that kept them on the field. And, uh, and and I think that was a huge part of, you know, that game ending the way it did. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I like the game of big over Vanderbilt. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And I, Florida coming off of the upset loss. Now they're back at home. That should tell you everything you know. And what are they? <laughs> Basically 40-point favorites. Vanderbilt almost lost to the University of Connecticut, who I don't think have won a game in the last two or three years. Come on now. That should tell you a lot. Florida, huge in this game. Huge. Next matchup we have, we have Maryland visiting number seven, Ohio State. Ohio State, they are 21-point favorites. 70 points is the over-under in this matchup. Um, the total has gone under in Maryland's last five games in a row. The total has gone over, however, in the last five games between these two teams. Um, and Ohio State is 5-0 and straight up in the last five games when playing Maryland. Mook, pick the winner. So, after what Maryland did to me last week, they're, they're very close to being in you know the same boat as Washington with me right now, but you broke but my heart. Quite you broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was you. you know. Yeah, I knew it was you. <laughs> but uh, you know, so so Maryland. Uh, I've seen this though with them before too, where where they start off the season. I, I, I was probably about three years ago. They were putting up insane numbers, uh, dropping. I think they dropped a seventy on somebody, and a fifty-six and a sixty, and then they looked unstoppable. And then they, I think, were uh, you know four or five on the team, you know. And, and the way that that Ohio State's offense is going right now, uh, I, you know, it's a, I think it's a twenty-one point spread. Give me Ohio State in twenty-eight. I'll, I'll yeah. take them. Yeah, I think Ohio State would be up twenty-one points at halftime. Ohio yeah. State is simply rolling. They're not missing a beat. Again, the cream rises to the top. Are we surprised that Alabama's, you know, they, they, they play Ole Miss, everyone's hyping up the game, and then they're blowing them out the entire game. Are we surprised that Georgia, everyone's hyping up Arkansas, and they went, Georgia wins 
Are we surprised that Ohio State is actually doing what Ohio State normally does? This is why these teams are marquee franchises. Coach T, me, I use that every week. These teams are franchises for a reason because they they can recruit the best players. They have the best facilities. They they have the best coaches. They have the best the best food in their in their in their uh, in their frats or their households, whatever you call them, in, in their cafeterias. Um, they just have the best of the best. That's what they do. So. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State is up three scores at halftime and, and they're up, you know, 35-0. I mean, look what look what Iowa did to Maryland on the road during the weeknight. Like now you have Ohio State at home. They're 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 hitting on all cylinders. They saw the Maryland versus Iowa film. They 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 know how to exploit these guys. And Chris Olave, is that how you say his name for, yeah. for Ohio State? He is amazing. And then you got CJ Shroud that is a freshman, but he looks like a veteran quarterback for Ohio State. So, and this is also, this is why I got a little tripped up earlier. This is my highest scoring game of the week. This is my pick for that. Over-under is set at 70 points. I see Ohio State being up 35-7 at halftime, and then the game finishes. I think Ohio State can get 70 by themselves. So, take the over yep. there if you're looking at that. And this would definitely be my highest scoring game of the week for the rank game. All right, next matchup, we have number 11 in Michigan State. They are five-point favorites. I'm surprised by that. At Rutgers, the over-under is set at 51 points. Michigan State is 5-0 straight up in their last five games overall. They're also 6-1 straight up in their last seven games when they play Rutgers. Rutgers is 4-1 against the spread in their last five games overall. And the total has gone under in six of Rutgers' last eight games when they play Michigan State. Mook, pick the winner. So I put a little asterisk by this game because uh, these are the type of teams that Greg Schiano can has defense ready to play against. He can't mm-hmm. match up against Ohio State. He can yeah. play tough against uh, a the Michigan State mm-hmm. or a Michigan right. I mean, it, you know, and, and I think that this is a type of game where, you know, I think Rutgers can hang in there tight. I don't expect them to win this game. I, I definitely expect Michigan State to win. But I think that, you know, it, it could be a pretty tight ball game, kind of in the way that the, the Rutgers-Michigan game went. So yeah. I'll take Michigan State, but not not by as much as, you know, some people might think you should. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's a great point. Um, and that's, I mean, you're wonderful, man. That's I was wondering why Michigan State was only five-point favorites. You bring up the Greg Schiano angle. You bring up the type of teams that he likes to, to build. He, the type of teams that he likes to face. Michigan State is seemingly one of those teams where they're so, Rutgers and definitely Cociano, they're circling Michigan State, Michigan, the Iowas. They, they're circling those teams of the world, you know, preseason, figuring out, hey, these are teams that like the ground and pound. We like to try to stop the run. We try, try to like to limit possessions, you know, really bleed the clock, slow the game down. And looking at that number, minus five for Michigan State, it makes a lot, of, lot more sense now when you say that. I am taking Michigan State. I actually have this as, and I say all that to say this, this is actually my blowout of the week. I, I think that, yes, Rutgers, in theory, should be able to hang with Michigan State, um, but I just feel like Michigan State has something magical going on. This is, To me, this is one of those seasons that Mark D'Antoni would, would have had in the early 2010s. Like, one of those seasons where you don't expect too much out of Michigan State, you know, they, they start hot and they just continue that hot streak. 
And I think with Kenneth Walker III, I, I said it before and I'll say it again, he has to be a top five candidate for the Heisman this season. He is a dark horse that is becoming a, a, a shining light when it comes to when it comes to the Heisman Trophy. He's gonna be up there for it. He's a do-it-all running back. Michigan State, I hope they wear those helmets again that they wore last week, because those were super sweet. And I just feel like they, they have a lot of good things going for them. And I just don't see them, them, them I mean, a touchdown, they gotta win, you know, to cover that number. I just see them winning by, I mean, I, I think I think Ohio State, Maryland's gonna be a blowout, but I think this is gonna be up there. I can see this being a 55 to seven type of game. Like, I feel like Rutgers, you talk about losing steam. I feel like Rutgers is gonna be running on fumes after this game. So this is my blowout of the week. All right, next game, we have number six, Oklahoma, who are three and a half point favorites over number 21, Texas. The over-under for this game is set at 63 points. This game will be hosted at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. Oklahoma is 5-0 straight up in their last five games overall. Texas is 6-1 against the spread in their last seven games overall. Oklahoma is 5-1 straight up in their last six games when they're playing Texas. So, Mook, pick the winner. So, Oklahoma kind of figured some things out. It looked like a little bit offensively last week. Um, Texas, since they've uh, gone to Casey Thompson, they've looked better on offense um, yes, at quarterback. Uh, I, I think that um, this game, actually, I, I have this game as my highest scoring game of the week. I think that there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I think it's going to be a really good one. Um, and, I, and I'm going to take the Longhorns to, to get the upset in this one. Um, I think this is going to be the first one that Sarkeesian kind of, you know, uh, puts his, you know, plants his uh, flag in the ground. And I'm going to take the Longhorns in this one to, to hook them. You took the words right out of my mouth. This is also my upset pick of the week. Um, I absolutely love Texas in this matchup. You, you know my love, my my love fest with with Coach Sarkeesian. I feel like Oklahoma. Yes, they are a top ten uh, power ranked team within within my rankings. But again, I talked about the flaws they have. I don't know what's really up with Spencer Rattler. Not that he's playing terrible, but he had such lofty expectations preseason. I don't think he's meeting them right now. He's a young man, so I won't beat him up. So I won't beat him up. But at the same time, Oklahoma on a neutral site, you know, a small favorite over Texas. I think that's just, you know, more of a formality when it comes to, you know, setting that number. But to me, Texas has everything and more to win this matchup. It's going to be an emotional game. So I can definitely see Texas winning this matchup. And like you said, this would be a great way for Sarkeesian to say, to, to plant his flag and say, hey, Texas, UT faithful. I'm here. I'm here to stay. And the offense is looking much better with Casey Thompson at quarterback. Much better. Deshaun Robinson is playing well. They have a, you know, I'm bad with things, but they have a receiver that used to play quarterback for them. Number four, he's making a lot of plays. Um, Xavier Worthy, who's another receiver, number eight, he's playing fantastic. So Texas has a bunch of weapons to answer every, 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 every big play that Oklahoma makes. And I think Texas makes more big plays in this game. So again, this, I agree with you, Mook. It's my upset pick of the week. Next matchup, we have number 19, Wake Forest, who are six and a half point favorites visiting Syracuse. 56 and a half is the over under. Syracuse is six and one against the spread in the last seven games. They're also four and one against the spread in the last five games at home. Wake Forest is five and zero straight up in the last five games overall. Mook, pick the winner. 
this is another one of my Astro games. Um, just because the because of the fact that Syracuse tends to at least it feels like they play these games very uh, well against kind of the the Wake Forest type teams in the Carrier Dome. Um, I, I I'm gonna take Wake Forest, but I think this one could be a little bit another nail biter. But I'll take Wake. I, I couldn't have said it better if 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 I had an honorable mention for upset of the week. Syracuse would definitely be the game here. They, I, I could easily see them winning this game in some some universe. They could win this game. Wake Forest, again, they're five and zero. They probably would be right on the road to lose this matchup. But I'm rooting for Wake Forest to win this game, so I'm actually going to take them in this matchup. And I actually think they don't cover this number, but I I, I think that they play well enough. And I don't think they're ever ever not leading within this matchup, if that makes sense. So, uh, give me Wake Forest in this game. Next game, we have number 24, SMU, who are 13 and a half point favorites over Navy. 56 points is the over-under. SMU is 5-0 straight up in the last five games overall. Navy is 5-0 against the spread and 5-0 straight up in the last five games at home when they play SMU. And the total has gone over in six of SMU's last seven games on the road. Mook, pick the winner. I, I got the ponies in this one. SMU, they, they, uh, they're going to stay undefeated uh, after this game. But I think that Navy could, you know, maybe ride some emotion off of last week and, you know, have some momentum. But I, I think that SMU at the end of the day, uh, they, I don't know if they cover, but they win. See, I... I Respectfully, I disagree with you here. I think that Navy had a huge upset win last week. They're coming back home. I think they have a little bit of a letdown here. And SMU, to me, is a terrible matchup for Navy. SMU can score like crazy. Navy, they their defense is not crazy style, so they give up points. And if they're playing from behind like they were last week, when they had to come back from, seven, from 13 points down and score 17 unanswered, I don't think that happens this week. I can see SMU winning this game big. Give me the ponies. All right, next game um, is a huge game. We have number two, Georgia, who are 14 and a half point favorites, visiting number 18, Auburn. 46 points is the over-under. Georgia is 5-0 straight up in their last five games. Also, Georgia is 5-0 straight up in their last five games on the road. Auburn is 7-1 straight up in their last eight games at home. And the total has gone under in seven of Auburn's last eight games when they played Georgia. Mook, pick the winner. Well, I mean, Georgia is Georgia. We know how good they, they look right now. Uh, I do have a little asterisk by this game. Not that I think that Auburn's going to win this game, but I think it's going to, Georgia's going to have to play four quarters in this one to win it. Um, I, I know it's 14. Maybe the, 14 and a half is the, is the point spread, mm -hmm. I think. Correct. And and I think maybe Georgia gets there at the very end, but I I think Auburn's going to compete with them. I think defensively they're going to give some different looks to the uh, Georgia offense. So I like Georgia, but but I think it could be an entertaining game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely think it's going to be an entertaining game. To me, you know, a little over two touchdown favorites is tough when the the over under is only forty six points. So to me, this is my pick for the lowest scoring game of the week. Um, I feel like Georgia would be able to easily slow down Auburn, kind of banking on Georgia, maybe, you know, sleepwalking this game slightly, especially being on the road, uh, you know, in Auburn. I feel like they maybe don't score as many points. And I agree with you. I think this is a four quarter game. 
Now, does Georgia cover that number? I, I would probably lean yes because they are number one in my power rankings. But I, I agree with you. I think they, if they do cover it, it's late, um, late in the game. But I don't see a lot of points scored in this matchup. And again, this is my lowest scoring game of the week. Um, but as, as far as the winner, clearly I got to go with the Bulldogs. All right, next matchup, we have Boise State visiting number 10, BYU. BYU, they are five and a half point favorites. And the over-under is set at 55 and a half points. Boise State is 13 and four straight up in the last 17 games on the road. They're also 18 and seven straight up in the last 25 games overall. BYU is five and zero straight up in the last five games at home. They're also five and zero straight up in the last five games overall. Boop, pick the winner. Uh, there's something inside of me that that feels like uh, Boise State competes, but I, I think that BYU. So I think somebody's gonna get them here, but. I don't know that it's this week, not in Provo. So I, I got BYU. This is not my upset of the week, but I can easily see Boise State winning this matchup. I don't think BYU covers this this number. It's a it's something about those number fives, right? Five five point favorites, five and a half point favorites. Just weird to me. It always has been. So as far as picking the winner. I know they're within my power rankings top 10. I'm actually going to go with Boise State here. Um, I feel like this is as this is an even matchup. Um, I feel like Boise State has been underwhelming this year. I don't know what the reason being. I know they have a new young head coach. I'm not going to put the blame on him, but I just feel like, you know, it's going to take a little time for their program to really, you know, get back to the success that they that they normally have. But I don't I don't necessarily trust BYU either. Um, so I definitely think it's going to be another four-quarter game. It's going to be a close game. And it's not my upset of the week, but I could easily see Boise State in this matchup. So give me Boise State. Why not? Next game, we have number four, Penn State, visiting number three, Iowa. Iowa, they are two-point favorites, and 41-and-a-half is the over-under. Penn State is 5-0 and straight up in the last five games overall. They're also 8-1 and against the spread in the last nine games overall. Iowa is 5-0 and straight up in the last five games at home. And the total has gone under in five of Iowa's last five games at home. Mook, pick the winner. So this is my lowest scoring game of the week, which means it'll probably be somehow, you know, 400 points. <laughs> but um, by all rights, I feel like this should be a 3-2 game. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with Penn State on the road. I think that overall they're the more talented team. And I think that Sean Clifford's a better quarterback than Spencer Petras. And now Iowa's defense is taking the ball away from, you know, some decent quarterbacks too this year. But I think at the end of the day, there's just a little bit too much talent at Penn State. And uh, I want to see Iowa compete in this game and, 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 I know they'll bring the defense, but I want to see what their offense is going to be able to do against a defense like Penn State. I will take Penn State by the slimmest of margins, field goal, something of that nature. Yeah, that's on about right. This is definitely going to be a tight game. I can definitely see it being a low-scoring game. What does it come down to at that point? I mean, they both can play defense. I would probably say I give the slight edge to Iowa on the defensive side, plus they're at home. And Mook, I talk about this a lot. Um, Kinnick Stadium is one of the hardest places to play. Um, it's a loud place. They're right on top of you. Iowa, small favorite. You know, it's the battle of, honestly, at this point in time, the, the Big Ten's best. 
I just like what Penn State can potentially do on offense. I just feel like they have better playmakers, um, probably the best playmakers that Iowa has seen thus far. Um, and this is actually my game of the week. Us here in Big Ten country, it's hard to, to go against this. Um, I don't know how it cannot be the game of the week. Uh, but at the end of the day, this will be a tight game, tight matchup. I don't really know what side to choose because I feel like these teams are both evenly matched. But I like Penn State. So give me Penn State here. I feel like Mike Yurkich, the offensive coordinator, will always talk about. I feel like he schemes up a great offensive plan against Iowa's defense. And if you get Penn State up randomly, let's say they're up 10 points, I don't know how Iowa can come back at that point in time. Yeah. Iowa is best when they are ahead and they're up and they can now kind of play freely on defense. They can turn you over and, you know, they can run the ball and do what they do. But if they're down and they're behind, they become a much more average team. So give me Penn State in this matchup. Next game, we have number 14, Notre Dame versus Virginia Tech. Notre Dame, they are one-point favorites over VTech. And the over-under is set at 47 points. Notre Dame is 9-1 straight up in their last 10 games on the road. Notre Dame is also 20-3 straight up in their last 23 games. The total has gone under in Virginia's last five games at home, and the total has gone under in the last five games overall. Mook, pick the winner. It's a tough one, man. We're we're back in Blacksburg again with a kind of a reeling Irish team in the Enter the Sandman. Yeah, and a, and a tough defense in, in Virginia Tech. This was one of them that I considered as my lowest scoring games, too, to be honest with you. Man. And it's a I, night game. This, feel, is a, this is a 7.30 kickoff. Just say yeah, we're, we're, we're night at Blacksburg again, you know. Uh, man, I, I'm, I'm, gonna th I'm just going to say I think that Notre Dame makes enough plays to win the game, and I don't sound very confident in that because I'm not. <laughs> um, I don't know that Virginia Tech has enough offense, even with you know a uh, Irish defense that, that needs yeah. some fix. I, I think that uh, Hamilton could pick you off and and do some things. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Irish, but again, it's, it's reluctantly. It's, you know that that one point spread is because it's it's right there. You know. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking the same thing. And then in the back of my mind, because um, we do this on the NFL show, I think about the coaching matchup. You got Brian Kelly coming off a, you know, honestly, we look back at it. Notre Dame losing to Cincinnati is not the end of the world. Like Cincinnati's no. a, a really good team. Notre Dame, they're, they're, they're a good team, really good program. We know what they bring. I don't have, even have to say it. So you have Brian Kelly coming off a loss. Now going on the road against Shane Beamer, who I think is going to be a wonderful coach, but he's a relatively younger coach, a newer coach. So just a coaching matchup alone, I just feel like Brian Kelly gets these guys going. He gets them up. They understand the magnitude of this game. They, they almost you know have to win it for them to reach what are Notre Dame standards as, as a, as a uh, successful season. So you know, one point favorite, I can see why the boys in the desert are thinking this, but I mean, I, I see Notre Dame winning by by games in. They're, they're winning by double digits. So easily, easily, easily. One point, man, give me Notre Dame, please. Next matchup, we have LSU visiting now number 16, Kentucky. Kentucky, they are an average spread. They are three-point favorites at home, and 51 points is the over-under. LSU is 6-1 and one straight up in their last seven games when they are playing Kentucky. 
They are also 4-1 against the spread in their last five games on the road. Kentucky is 5-0 in their last five games at home. They're also 5-0 straight up in their last five games overall. Mook, pick the winner. It, you know, this is amazing to me that I'm going to be talking about, you know, Ogeron losing its job again, but that's where we're at right now. Jeez. We're at a point where LSU has to win. This is a must-win for LSU, and that's crazy, but it's true. They have so much talent, but you know what? <laughs> this is what they got left on their schedule. Florida at Ole Miss. The only, let's put it this way. The only easy game they got is uh, Louisiana Monroe. Okay, they have <laughs> Arkansas, they have A&M. They can potentially get to maybe six wins, but they have to get this game against yeah, Kentucky. That ain't going to cut it. And, and yeah, that's That won't keep his job, but they'll at least have some respectability and, and go bowling. Kentucky, on the other hand, you know what? Four close games so far this year. Uh, next week, they're at Georgia. You know, they're not going to be at Georgia. But here's my thing. If they lose this game, then they're potentially going to be on a losing streak after that. So because they have Tennessee and Mississippi State and, you know, whatever coming up. So they have to win this game. Kentucky does. They're at home. They're playing better. I'm going to take Kentucky in this game uh, in another close one. But LSU, they just haven't shown me that they can get over that home. Yeah, they, they have not shown that. Um, it's crazy that, like you said, Orgeron, if he loses this game, you're going to have more and more chatter about him losing this job. And they just won a national championship, it seems like, last week. I mean, what happened with that, you know? Uh, but I, honestly, we don't have this on the board, but I think this game goes to overtime. It's going to be that close of a game. Uh, pick the winner. I don't know, man. Like, what are you going to get from LSU? What are you going to get from Kentucky coming off of that, you know, that huge win, a huge upset win. Now they're back at home. It seems like, you know, their energy is going to be down for this game. Like, I don't know, man. Um, so if I had to pick a winner, I'm actually going to go with LSU. Like you said, they they, they need this. Orgeron needs this. Kentucky has had a huge win. I know our college kids from 18 to 22 are. I just feel like they'll have a little bit of a letdown here. So I'm taking I'm taking the Tigers. Give me LSU in this matchup. I think they win. And I'm going to say again, overtime game. Next matchup, we have number nine, Michigan versus your Nebraska Cornhuskers. Michigan and they are three-point favorites in this matchup. And the over-under is set at 52 points. Michigan is 5-0 straight up and 4-1 against the spread in their last five games overall. Nebraska is 5-0 against the spread in their last nine games, and the total has gone under in six of Nebraska's last eight games overall. Mook, pick the winner. Even though I know who you, I think I know who you want to go with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. Nebraska finally played a complete football game and looked how they're supposed to look last week. Yes, Northwestern is not good, but it is still a Big Ten team, and to do that. It gives oh, hope. Yeah, now, they look they look like the Eric Crouch team. They were just running the ball left and right. They did it even a little option too. It was beautiful, Mook. I, I give your team credit. Yeah, so they they mixed some things up, but here's what they 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 totally rearranged their offensive line and it seemed to pay off there. And they brought in uh walk-on freshman 240-pound running back uh Jack Yant in. Uh he was a Florida State commit that that couldn't make it, you know, academically, had to sit out and was he not, like number 25? 
something like that? Uh, he's, number he's number jersey. zero. He's number oh, okay. zero. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. 40, and, and he was running people over, and uh, and that's what they've been missing. So um, they had the downhill running game going. Adrian Martinez is, is he's playing really well. If they can not make the mistakes like they did last week, if they can kick the ball through the uprights like they did last week, and more importantly, if they can punt the ball without making mistakes like they did in the Michigan State game, mm -hmm. there's no reason why they cannot win this football game. Mm -hmm. They have the same mm -hmm. strength in Michigan as far as the run defense. Mm -hmm. Michigan doesn't have that quarterback that's going to eat you alive, nor do they have the wide receivers that are going to eat up a very, you know, veteran Nebraska secondary. I'm going to hate myself for saying this because <laughs> it's bad, but I'm taking Big Red, baby. Let's go. Big Red, Big Red, Big Red. We got to take that's my the upset year. of the week. <laughs> I love it, move. I love it. I, I figured that would happen. I could definitely see that happening. I mean, Michigan is, is they're not, they're not certified just yet. They're not stamped. They're not, they're not stamped just yet, So, and they're only a three-point favorite in this matchup. I can definitely see that happening. Nebraska has been playing better. They've been running the ball. Like you said, Martinez has been playing much smarter. And you look, they probably should have won that Michigan State game, or at least they had the chance to. Um, the Illinois game week one or week zero, you know, they were up that game. Like, you could easily be looking at a team, what are they, three and two now? Am I yeah. correct? Like yeah, you could easily be looking at a team that's four and one, or maybe I, I, may I, I hate to say it, five and zero, oh, right? And I don't even think they're playing that well to even you know be in consideration of that. So um, this is definitely going to be a test for Michigan. What's the number? Michigan is five and zero oh straight up, and four and one against the spread in the last five games overall. But Nebraska, they're five and zero oh against the spread in the last five games as well. I do see this being a close matchup overall. Uh, I don't really know what to pick here. I do think Michigan is on to something, though. I will say that, okay? I think Nebraska will make it a game, at least early on. But I think if Michigan can play the type of defense that they played last week, because if you can slow down Nebraska in their run game, what else do they have? Let's be honest there, okay? So Michigan, if they can play that type of defense and they can run the ball and then they got new receivers, Cornelius, I don't know his name, number six from Michigan, who's emerging as their number one guy, to me, this could go either way. Either this is a really close game, really tight game, and Nebraska has a chance to win the game late, or it's going to be a blowout. So I, I have Michigan winning this game, but like you said, there is an asterisk for me in this game as well because I don't, I don't know what type of Michigan team is going to come out because this is a time of year where they start to kind of, you know, show a couple flaws. You know, and, and, and they're riding high. They're reading the news clippings. Everyone's telling them the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, you got to go show it. You actually got to go do it. Um, and now you're playing on the road, you know, at Nebraska, that could be a tough environment. You know, it's going to be a sold out uh, venue. I have Michigan winning here, but that's reluctantly. Next matchup, we'll go quickly here. We have number one, Alabama, who's 18 point favorites against Texas A&M. The over under is set at 51 and a half. Alabama is five and zero straight up in the last five games when they are playing Texas A&M. They're also five and zero straight up in the last five games on the road. Texas A&M is 10 and one straight up in the last 11 games at home. And they're also 11 and two straight up in the last 13 games. Mook. Bama goes to College Station and absolutely annihilates A&M. I don't see it. A&M's offense is so bad. Um, it, you know, I, I think even the AM defense is, has a little bit of uh, some issues, and mostly because their offense isn't helping them. 
and yeah, I don't think feel too much. Yeah, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen for AM this week, and you know the Alabama post talk continues. Oh uh, yeah, I, I can see Alabama winning by twenty-eight to thirty-five points easily. I think they can name their score in this matchup. I don't see Texas A&M have. To me, Texas would be lucky to score two touchdowns in this matchup. Yeah. And that's against the Alabama Alabama defense that is not as great as relatively compared to their other teams. And I, right. and I still think Alabama can slow Texas A&M down. They, Texas A&M is that bad on offense. All they have is Spiller at the running back position. And I actually feel bad for that kid because he's yeah. probably thinking, what, what does it take? What did, who did I wrong? Who did I, who did I do wrong in my <laughs> life to where I got to play for Texas A&M? And I, I'm one of the best backs in the nation, but yet... I don't, I don't have any playmakers at quarterback or on the outside to, to open things up for me. Like, yeah, right. Alabama wins this game. I don't think this is a contest from the, from the kickoff. In our last top 25 game of the week, we have 0-5 in New Mexico facing or on the road at number 25, San Diego State. San Diego State, they are 19.5 point favorites and 42.5 is the over-under. New Mexico is 9-2 against their spread in their last 11 games on the road against San Diego State. New Mexico is also 13-2 against the spread in their last 15 games overall against San Diego State. And San Diego State is 5-0 straight up in the last five games at home. They're also 5-0 straight up in the last five games against New Mexico. Mook, in our last matchup, pick the winner. Well, I mean, it's, it's easy, uh, San Diego State. They got one of the leading rushers, Greg Bell, who was a a former Husker that uh, didn't crack the lineup, transferred out, was the portal works this way, and you know, found fertile agency San Diego, and uh, and he's got it rolling, man. He's got it rolling. Yeah. So the Aztecs big over the Lobos. You, I couldn't have said it better. It's easy. Aztecs big. New Mexico's zero five. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They can't score. They turn the ball over at a high rate. San Diego State is known for their defense, and they're known for their run game. This has this is my honorable mention lowest score game of the week. I think that I think that San Diego State they're basically twenty point favorites. I think that they win thirty five zero. Like I don't see a way where New Mexico can even score. So this is easy, Mook. I agree with you. San Diego State huge in this matchup. All right, and that will do it for us. Um, wonderful show as always. Um, and please like, subscribe, please share as much as you can. Tell a friend, tell a friend about our show. We are on week, what, this is week six for us in college football. Um, we, did, we did a couple preseason shows. So, I mean, looking at it, we're more than halfway through the season. Um, I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Mook, do you have anything to say to the people? No, we're, we're, but we're getting to that point of the season where it's, uh, you know, the, the real season, the, the pretenders and the contenders are, are kind of showing their faces now. So it's uh, just going to strap in and, and, and watch it. It's now, you know, the league play is going. Rivalries are, are heading up there. The, the trophy games are, you know, there. So, uh, man, it's, Have fun it's a fun it. time, Enjoy man. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Because when we look up and the season is over, I'm, I'm going to shed some tears, man. Because I just absolutely love college football. And like you said, this is a great, the greatest time of the year in college football. This is where conference games are happening. This is where teams are really separating themselves. For, pretenders are separating themselves from contenders and vice versa. So from us to you, this is me, Coach T. 
Continue to show us love, continue to show us support, and we'll keep bringing you that funk. Peace.